I would go with that. I mean, my, my thing is that I think that it, there is a a plan that can be traced, it, but not the deep, not in detail. That's too chaotic. But yeah. you can have goals and ideas that like, and you can read H.G. Wells. It's all there, not in exact detail, but you know that there's an elite and an elect and a scientific elite, and there's masses mm-hmm. of humans that are under that should be controlled and per, and, and 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 pruned and useless eaters. Like the mentality might be the best way to say it. The philosophy is it can be traced in a clear through oh, line. Sh- sure, that that that's all right. You know, they, and, uh, and then that philosophy then is adapted as conditions on the ground change. So I think it's pretty clear, like people at DARPA in the 50s and 60s in the Pentagon knew that this information technology would be used to control people. I don't think they knew it would be like, maybe look like the cell phone and it would be called a vaccine passport. I think that probably was just an innovation that emerged out of necessity once they saw how effective that way of selling it could be or once the technology made it clear that the phone and this ergonomics would be the best way to do it but i think they probably definitely knew we're going to have information technology everybody will be tracked as a way to um, manipulate and control for exploitation exploitative purposes like that philosophy is intact and then they just they all every step of the way generation by generation fund technological advancement control the when there's a new technology you kind of get it and you keep it to yourself first and you know so to me that's that would be how i see it what you're describing but yeah did did they know and the other thing i'll say astrological like i do think there's an occult side of it and i do think that um that schwab and and friends i mean are certainly you know they're reading agrippa i mean we're, when we're talking about lord byron these are lords these are the highest classes you know and and mm-hmm. There is clearly an occult strain running through the elites that I'm not saying it's like Alex Jones says or something. I just think it's as a general point here. They have knowledge of cycles. They know that Saturn and Jupiter were conjoining in Aquarius with Pluto and the South Node. And it was an epic, you know, and so they probably have like a board, like any planning group. It's like, I mean, Klaus Schwab founds this thing in the early 70s. No, for sure. He was teaching global leaders, so-called. Yeah. So I think that there's, it's more like that. It's like if we were running a business, we would meet every week or every, you know, and have our planning sessions and have possible dates. This looks good. Let's try here. How's this tech, you know, and, and I, and I don't think it's monolithic. I think there's probably competing, you know, clans, even like in families, you have rivalries. I'm sure maybe Mm -hmm. Schwab has a rival, maybe he killed a rival or, you know, but I, I think that there's a, a, a larger philosophy that that we can see is being implemented and that you can trace back even, I mean, Aristotle, which, what's the one? I mean, there's the Plato versus Aristotle thing, but I mean, one of them I think is a little bit more elitist and, um, um, you know, uh, but- Well, people people claim that uh, Plato is Plato. more elitist, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even with, uh, maybe that's a bad example. I like the, the, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with Philosopher Kings, but I think there's something with, with, um, you know, probably, uh, I don't know, I just go back to the idea of a philosophy, and I do think there's a continuity of philosophy, and they've known this for a long time. Um, Huxley and Orwell were trained at Eton College, you know, around that same milieu, uh, Rhodes. I mean, there's a whole philosophy here even German secret societies. I think this is where secret societies come in. 
And they're secret societies that we don't even know exist. There's the ones we know exist, but they have oaths and, you know, intentions and they're doing rituals like this ritual we just we just read about. I mean, there's all kinds of rituals that have happened, workings, Crowley. I mean, there's it's a pretty, you know, the unseen when you rip the cover off of the consensus reality, there's a whole wild, I think, unseen like epstein is a good example of what's happening now i mean all these pictures of and who knows if they're real but let's assume basically he's like with the queen and the pope and at these private residences and connected with these ceos and it's like eyes wide shut in a way you know and and i'm not so i mean i'm just throwing this in this is clearly a part of it all uh, i don't assign it godlike powers but i i think that it's it's um a dynamic process and I do kind of ultimately, I guess, would say there is a good and evil, and I'm optimistic. This makes me optimistic, your point there, about if they have a lot of power in the negative sense, this is my words, there's a counterforce. And I think that counterforce is the workers of the world and, 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 the, and the divine spark in the workers of the world. So, yeah, fundamentally, you know, like it, I, that kind of terminology scares <laughs> scares people. Yeah, um, libertarian friends hate that, you know, like. Uh, Which but, one? Workers of the world unite, you know. Okay, like, I know, these, I know. And, and um, I, I, I obviously, you know where they're coming from. You know? <laughs> no one's advocating for for the gulag, um, but it's like a, a purge. No, I, anybody I, I, that has I, glasses, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, though. It's like a, um, it, it it comes from the it comes from the common people, and it comes from uh, the imagination of the common people, you know. God, I would call it God. I mean, I'm not even a real Christian really necessarily, but I've been coming back to the power of the Jesus figure. Well, that, a, that, the part from the Agrippa that I that I read, you know, that's that sort of ties in. Um, like that gets co-opted, of course, with the the Orthodox Christianity. But that, yeah, like you like you're saying, it's like a. Um, what is what is the uh, the Christian story? It's it's the coming together, the perfect coming together of of spirit and matter, you know. Um, and that was always the problem in ancient philosophy: is is how can something how can something so perfect, um, represented by the the stars, you know, um, this sort of perfect course of cycles, you know, this 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 perfection, and then and then the obvious change of everything and decay and birth and death and all of this that goes on under the moon you know the the sublunar spheres it's like uh how can those how can those those two things come together the the intelligible and the sensible you know and uh and there's a perfect match with the like there's a perfect match with christ like uh um jung calls it the uh mysterious conjunction you know yeah, and it's Marxist fundamentally. Like, I think you could easily just say workers of the world unite, or you could just say, like, um, it, the Christ and every person human being deserves to be raised up or something. I mean, you could well, create Well, that's a the thing. Like, that's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Like, it's um, Marx comes from Hegel. And basically what Marx does is uh, is takes off, takes out the spiritual from, from Hegel's, Hegel's own dialectic, right? And, and then Hegel... 
Hegel directly takes his ideas from from Hermeticism. You know, it's like, a, um, so it it is there. You know, that's that's what I uh, that's what I'm trying to argue all the time in 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 my writing is that the the left goes way beyond Marx and uh, w- was never materialist. Like the turn to materialism kind of like hobbled the left, which I think yeah. you're saying as well. You know, yeah, um, I am. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that is a, I see it in the astrology community, these astrologers. I mean, you're talking about astrologers, mind you, that's the big joke. And they're like, um, I'll just, I'll just tell you this background briefly. There was a post on Twitter. Someone posted on Facebook to an astrologer's Facebook page and was like, listen, in the past two or three years, I like, you want to believe in astrology? No problem. That's your thing. That makes you happy. That's your problem. But in 2020 and 2021, with COVID, the rise of COVID, astrology now is so is dangerous because it supports an anti anti science, and that now is killing people all over the world because people won't basically won't take the shot, and so it's that's my what? paraphrase. Wow, that's that's so. <laughs> yeah, they're and, anti uh, anti science now. The astrology community. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but but he, this is Ordorno. He had a thing to like go to Marx. Like he had a thing called uh, the, an article. Does astrology lead to fascism? Mm. Because well, he's, there is a connection. Like there there is a connection with the the occult and then the rise of fascism, which is I that's something to look at as well. You know, we have to. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, well, it's, it's important to bring it in here. But I think that it relates to what you just said. See about. Um, I mean, you were talking about um, the Marxism that the left abandoned and kind of uh, purged itself from the spirit. And in that sense, uh, I think it lost some of its power, you know, and I think we both this is I'm just quickly paraphrasing. I think we I would agree completely with that. And I think we see that even to this day. And it's not just about astrology. That's just one example. But. You know, you have people. Um, what if you had a merger where people could say, "Listen, your, you know, your Christianity." I don't know. I think the five freedoms. Have you heard about this? And Naomi Wolf, she had the five freedoms movement, and that's this is one that I, I think it sounds right wing, so it probably will fail on its face. But it's the First Amendment of the American Constitution. There's five freedoms that are listed, hmm. and it's kind of like there's almost they're not debatable. Like, it's just this is all basic to me. This is the document. I'm not right wing, but I do acknowledge or I guess I don't even want to have those labels. I'm sure some things I say people would accuse me of being right wing. But I really have been considering this First Amendment document. I think it's part of it. We have to add workers of the world. Definitely that get that phrase is included. I think we have to add the Christ if we're just building a little list here of kind of common phrases that can that have that are similar that might be useful here. The idea of a divine that the Christ is within you and every being all over the world, no matter where you are, can be saved from the blood of Christ. Right. Yeah. Like uh, what, what Blake's formulation of uh, Jesus, the imagination, you know? Yeah. So it's like it's like egalitarian is, is the key point. It's like everybody can get it. And it and it including in the Christ the narrative, it's like the poor people, the horrors, the lepers, to go to COVID times. Everybody can get freely access to it. So it's Marxist in that sense. But then this is the five freedoms of the First Amendment. I'm just gonna read it. Congress shall make no law 
respecting on establishment of religion. So you get freedom to practice your religion, prohibiting free exercise thereof. You can, so anybody, you're just as a free being, you're allowed to believe what you want to practice what you want, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. This is the key one as in all my travels the last few years that people don't quite understand how important that one is, that you can just say what you want, don't, ha- don't go to jail for it. Um, of course, with some real limited exceptions, like you can't kill people and the immediate consequence of the speech, like one minute later, people, you know, but not that you can't talk about controversial ideas that people might use to justify violence months later. So there's speech, religion, peaceable assembly. That's key for COVID times. They destroyed that. Well, the speech has been destroyed. If you look, think about uh, um, Google and the, and the um, big tech companies, mm-hmm. religion's kind of destroyed because some of the Christians get associated with this Q movement. So they're kind of attacking that in some ways. Um, oh, and, and, then, and then plus all the religious, all the big religious organizations are, are going along with this. That's a huge, huge point. So let me just, I'll just, I'll be real quick here. So religion, speech, press, assembly. And then the final one is petition the government for a redress of grievances. I'm not, that one is less. I mean, I think it makes sense that you got to be able to say, listen, you got to fix this. There's a problem. You got to fix it. I think this is basically just saying the democratic, there has to be some kind of democratic process where you can kind of ask for things to be fixed. But if even those just first four, like to me, this gets to like workers of the world or Christ, like there's some things that are just so fundamental. What is that list? And even if it's not this list that you can kind of write down that mm. you can rally around, you know, and I like the I, UN document. They have right to have a job. There's other mm-hmm, ones that came mm. later that you could find and add to. It's like right to work, right to some of the other ones. Um, but I mean, to me, you start getting at these universal truisms that are empowering to all peoples. And you notice none of these talk about race or, you know, the division stuff is really toned down, particularly with Christ and with the workers. It's like it's not as t- it's not as, as prominent. But anyhow, I'm just trying to, to scroll back. What were we saying here? I mean, this point was relevant because. You know, I think we're talking about to bring it back to our to our point here is that there are these manipulated social movements that sort of control the the passions of the people at large. It's really a war for those passions. Mm. And no, and, no, know, I, I, think, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, the um, artists like even 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 if you wanted to go back to to Marx, like you read the the early Marx, like Marx is a romantic, so he's he's aligned with Shelley and all these people that we've been talking about too. And it, his main concern, if you read his early writings, is alienation. Yeah, it's like uh, that's what he considers is the worst part of the system is that we're alienated from our own desires. Um, like spiritual workers, concept in a way. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. We're alienated from from other workers. We're alienated from nature. We're alienated from our bodies. You know, we're we're like stuck in a factory working on widgets, and we don't even have a sense of the um, the thing that we're producing. You know, it's like a um, but but in all aspects, like he is talking about a like a, a deeply sort of spiritual concept of it, um, which is uh, there was a turn a, a turn to that once once his um, they get called, I guess, the uh, like the 1848 writings or something like that. The uh, um, and there's sort of a turn to that phase of Marxism in the 1960s and stuff. All these these documents um, got more circulation. 
but I think um, again, it's we don't need it doesn't need to be Marx at all, you know. But it's no. like it, I think it's good to 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 know this about it. Um, I don't know. I I wrote a huge um, series of posts. I don't know if you've read this. This is um, it's called Snatches of the Everlasting Gospel. It's like three mega posts I I put last last year last couple of years and it's and it's all about this um this kind of tradition that we've been talking about the everlasting gospel um so if you i don't, I don't know you might i'm gonna go to your blog now um, I, I can, gonna, i'll send yeah. you I, i've just got it so I, I'll, I'll send it i'll just put it i on don't think we're connected i mean like i i um i'm on, not on facebook so i know if you're like posting i i used to see your posts there so I'm, i just pulled up a rawillumination.net Looks like you did an interview with this guy back in September 4th, 2017, and then they linked to your blog. So now I'm on your blog. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. And, and I just, this is, yeah. I just post, post this in the, uh, in the chat. Okay, um, perfect. That, that's Got all it. of them. So that's, I think that's most relevant to, uh, to what we're talking about. I just read all those posts again the other day and I, I still okay. like them. I still really like them, but I think it, it, it goes into all this history that we've been looking at. Okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'm going to read through this because I, I, uh, I think it'll be good for me before our next call. I'm going to read that Ulysses and then check out. This is all awesome stuff. Yeah, wow. Uh, this is all beautiful stuff. I, um, the idea of an everlasting gospel, it doesn't have to be Marx. I just wanted to say this one thing and then we, maybe we can wind down. I'm sh- uh, but see, this is my key point. It's like, I don't, I would go farther. It doesn't have to be Marx. It doesn't have to be Christ. It doesn't have to be the the uh, constitution and I would go further further and say it can't be those things mm. because of their baggage. This is what I was saying earlier. Why I was kind can't, of so react. Can't, can't be exclusively those things, you know, um, it's got to have a new label and it's got to be imbued with the spirit of freshness. Let's call it well, that in, a, in well, an actively is, profound way. That is, this is something is. that um, Ezra Pound would talk about. And Ezra Pound is not somebody to follow either, but, uh, but some of his stuff is, <laughs> is amazing. Right. So, so he, he would say, make it new, you know, make yeah, it new. Yeah. So, so you go back to these old writings, Marx and, and the Bible and uh, what else did we mention? Uh, uh, I was saying the declaration or the constitution. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The constitution, all these, all these older documents. And then, and you make them new, which means that you find the living components yes. within them and yes. then, and then have them re-inspire you, you know, have them yes. re-enthuse you, you know, um, yeah. And articulate them with new language. I think that's a, also part of what he was yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh nouns, fresh verbs. It doesn't have to be reinvented words, but new combinations of nouns and verbs, because that's the only way you can hit fresh in the collective yeah, that's, eye. That's true. Right. And maybe we're going to write a manifesto, man. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, a manifesto for the new moment or something like that. You know, but. I, I think that this is the kind of thing that would be required. I manifest some kind of new documents that can be inspiring. Uh, is is a fun, is would be a necessary condition. A necess- it wouldn't be sufficient necessarily, but it would be a necessary condition for anything like this to gain traction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I still am not optimistic it will. I think that the powers of, um, you know, uh, the 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 I don't say the elite, but just these powerful forces are just I can't see them. I think that uh, I can't see them being overthrown, but I think there's a role to play in keeping alive this underground heritage 
like that in and of itself is a key feature because it allows resistance people like you and me to stay alive in 100, 200 years, right? They're going to come and be inspired and they're going to have their own forms of resistance. Like this underground resistance is an end in and of itself. It doesn't have to. I think it's crucial that people know that there is a, uh, there is a a lineage, there is a tradition, you know, Uh, like a a resistance tradition out there, you know, and and it's lasted for hundreds of years, millennium probably, you know, it's like a, Pound is one, um, clearly. Yeah, I wouldn't say Eustace Mullins. I say you've got Eustace Mullins. I know he's problematic in some sense, but let me throw that in this about Eustace Mullins. If you go to um, uh, Odyssey, you can read these lectures. He had a whole, he had a whole other series of books. I mean, if you remove the anti-Semitism, which is prominent, he's a critic of the medical industrial complex, a hard-hitting oh, I know, critic. I know. It's, it's like that's uh, like that's the thing. You can't. Um... Pound is the same way, right? Like Eustace Mullins just becomes the official first biographer of of Pound, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And Pound Pound's a complete fascist. There's no excusing him. But uh, he tapped into this tradition too, and he yeah. articulates uh, the great things about it. Um, yeah. And and obviously he went in the in the wrong in the wrong direction. And that see that's that's where I'm coming from. I think it's I'm I'm always concerned that it's going to happen again or it, it it is in the process of happening like like pound also he thought he was a uh and he was he he was a uh fully right at the center of the alternative movement the avant-garde movement supporting all these these whacked out artists from across europe and and north america you know um and then he makes that turn you know he 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 gets sucked into it you know um he had he he has more of an excuse than we do because uh, that was the first that was that was the first time this that it happened. Um, <laughs> we have at least their example, you know, of of what happened. Um, well, think so, about so this. It's, it's it's like we have to, uh, yeah, we have to be very careful in both directions, you know. Like we can't fall into identity politics on either side. Yeah. But I'm going to throw this because, and, and this might be a good point. It's certainly relevant, um, and we, you've alluded to this in, on this call. I think it's easy to be a conversationalist, and it's beyond that. Uh, thinking deeply about these ideas and conversing about them, it's very and, and having this position of like, all right, I'm going to kind of flow between and a slant of imagination and not take sides. I'm 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 parroting myself. <laughs> um, there, I'm, I'm kind of mocking myself there a little bit. I do support that ultimately. But what happens if the Albanian government tomorrow comes to me or there's a, something breaks out and it's actually like live or die? What am I going to do? Would I espouse support for something to survive? You know, and these are the tougher. This is when it gets really tough. Like how far are you willing to go principally? And I imagine in wars, in Pound's time, I mean, you're talking about World War II, he had fled. I mean, these are moments of kind of the great crisis where people either kind of, there's this great, they bend to the system or go along with it and become complicit or they kind of stay true to their principles. Did, did you see that? Um, what's that show about technology, Black Mirror? Did you watch any of those? Yeah, I watched, well, I've only seen clips of it, but I know what it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my friends had it. I don't have uh, by those services, but my I've back, yeah, like a few decades, a few maybe even a ten, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, 
I was living with someone. No, this was probably five years ago. I was living with a roommate in Austin and him and his wife um, would just, they love TV. They would just come up from work and like, Bloom. They were just, they're kind of, and they're totally on the new normal. He's, he's, you know, can't wait to inject his son. We kind of had a falling out. Uh, we don't talk about any of this stuff anymore because anytime we do, he's like, I can't wait to inject his like two year old son as soon as he's able to get the shots to protect the community, you know, and I'm just, but, but there are, um, there are so many, uh, so many people I know that I don't talk to, but like I even, I haven't even brought this stuff up because they already, can sense what my position is, you know, and we just, uh, it's sad. Uh, just to say my cousin, I just, at this, this point, there's a, there's, you may have seen this one where he becomes an outspoken critic. And then at the end, he's just another show on the TV where he, they allow him to be an outspoken critic, but then everybody loved him because of like this moment where he did this kind of, um, this big resistance on live TV and he became this kind of hero and then he and then he got like a nicer apartment and more money and he just started working for this entertainment structure. Um, it's just one example of when we're confronted with these choices and it's probably relates with friends like I'll just one other thing I'll just quickly say that but but my cousin he's an awesome dude man talk about a mark he's read Marx and the German he's he's about our age <laughs> highly educated speaks a bunch of languages he's a lawyer translator and we grew up basically together at various times really cool dude but like hard traditional leftist like in, in this tradition of like intellectual knows his stuff was outside of the system and then now he's got his a wife and a daughter and i talked to him earlier this year we briefly talked about him he was like well i made the decision he told me he's like i made the decision to align myself with the corporations because of the threat of the radical right the threat of the right is greater that's his, and, and he's a deep thinking, intelligent guy. And he just said, he's made this choice. He, and I, what I would say is he fell for the myth of the insurrection and the kind of creation of yeah, the exactly, exactly. enemy of the, of the evil bad Trumpism. And, well, this and, is, and, this is the thing. Like, this is, this is why I don't like, I realize that as well. You know, it's like, uh, um, you don't want to push that, the threat of the right too far because you fall into the other extreme, right? Like, it, and so, but you can't ignore it and say that it doesn't, that it's all uh, a sort of libtard myth either, you know, no. it's like, a, um, so that's what they've got us in this kind of weird space that uh, it's, it's really hard to kind of articulate yourself out of it, you know? God, it's tough. And, and I'll say like the threat of the reproductive rights thing. I mean, I'm basically pro, if, we, if we're going to go identity politics, like I'm totally pro, I don't even want to say, you know, pro trans, that sounds kind of, but I mean, we've talked about this before. I, I totally support all of these alternative identities and lifestyles um, and even uh, reproductive rights within some reasonable limit, whatever that is. I think women should decide it, but, you know, but I'm like basically on mo many, most of those issues, totally supportive. That's the thing. But if I were to talk about those issues as a strategy of division for this larger, more important issue, like I might be considered right wing, you know, mm. and and so it's, well, it's, it's me, me too. Like I, I like any anybody who says that uh, I'm a leftist, but I don't I don't believe in materialism. <laughs> like you're, you're automatically pegged to be on the right, you know. Like a, where are these these non-materialist leftists, you know, like. 
I think in other countries like India, I've been following a bunch of some Indians on Twitter and they have a whole like resistance tradition of like true, throwing true, off empire. Yeah. It's grounded in, in spirit in some ways, you know, well, this, is, that, this is, this is the whole thing. It's like, if you, if you're talking about primitive communism, right? Like I, I talk about this in that series of articles, the everlasting gospel, um, that term's from Blake, who takes it from the ranters and the diggers, and who take it from the Bible. Um, but if you're talking about primitive communism, it's like uh, the, the communists, the tribal communists, uh, not only had stateless and, ca- and and classless societies, but they they had animistic, pantheistic, um, magical, religious. Um, beliefs as well you know the astrology their whole their whole society was structured around them you know it's like uh and then and then all of the resistance movements all the way through the middle ages um they're all based on um like the the brethren of the free spirit and i talk a lot about those guys um yeah they believe that the the kingdom of god is here at hand you know yeah um yeah, I've got your article up here. The, Who are you inviting in? A fallout shelter will guard against nuclear radiation, but it can't protect you from the enemy within. It's kind of like the unvaxxed. Um, mm. well, we're seeing know. that that similar. That's what's scary about this moment is that, and I don't, I don't like to use the term vaccine because it's not a vaccine um, according to the old definitions. At least most of the products aren't. It's gene therapies. I mean, that's not controversial. That's what these CEOs have said. Before, about this technology before 2020 was this as a gene therapy in their documents and how they talked about it amongst each other. So I don't like to use the term, but I'm going to use it because it's that's just how it's being identified by the by the what's being implemented as the so-called unvaccinated quote unquote mm-hmm. are these demonized this demonized group in that sure. completely illogical ways. And this is when you start thinking about the similarities between what I'm reading here on your, what I see that you posted on this article, but even like Kristallnacht and that kind of people are like, don't compare it to Nazism. Well, hey, we're talking like mid, early to mid 30s and there are comparisons. Yeah, 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 no if you go, yeah, it's not, it's not Nazis full on Auschwitz Nazis, but it's Nazis, yeah, Kristallnacht and, and maybe even before that, it's like creeping Nazism. <laughs> Dividing yeah. society, creating an enemy. And this is where I can see the Trump stuff. Oh, yeah. Where they would say he's like a Nazi. Well, if you, you know, um, there is a whole nuanced conversation about immigration. All right. Set that aside. He was using it at this high level way to like demonize these rapists and these, you know, so there was some definitely echoes with some of the Trump discourse that kind of matched the unvaccinated, the immigrant, the dirty immigrant, the criminal immigrant, you know, the Jew. I mean, so I think that's part of like people say Trump was a Nazi and, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's a little hyperbolic, but yeah, I can see the kernel of your point. I think it's even more um, of a serious uh, and more of a powerful analogy now because it's actually turned in on a larger part of the citizenry, whereas Trump's were still peripheral. You know, this is actually turned in on like 30 percent of the citizens, just like Jews were citizens in Germany. They were actually Germans. They considered themselves Germans mm-hmm. pr- first and foremost. That's why a lot of them didn't leave. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm a mm-hmm. fucking German, man. This is my fucking home, you know, and 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 that's why I'm more scared 
Um, I'm just giving credit to some of the anti-Trump people. I very rarely do that because I think they lost their minds. Oh, I think so um, too. It's like, well, uh, the, obviously the Russia Gate stuff as well. Complete bullshit. And like from the beginning, you know, it's, but uh, yeah, even to think that Trump was any, 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 any sense really different than any of his predecessors, right? Yeah, exactly. But, but the difference, I, the difference is that he stands for the face of capitalism in crisis, and capitalism in crisis goes in, into a fascist direction. Um, and that that's, uh, but like if you think of what's going to happen with the midterm elections, it's like obviously sweep. there's going to be red a, sweep. Yeah, there's going to be a red sweep, and who gets in the next presidential election? And so whoever. Yeah, yeah. And it's going it, to, it'll be Trump or somebody like Trump. And then it's obviously going to be in a more right wing direction. Right. But um, this is this is the thing, though, Sonor, because it's like and it should be a red sweep because they're going to run on one issue. A lot of them. No lockdowns. But but, but the working but the, class, the working class issue. Right. But I, yeah, We're not yeah, going to yeah, take but, your job away. They're going to use that, but then combine it with all of their other toxic shit. And yeah, for sure. Like, so they, they say you know, like Florida, like DeSantis, for example, this is what, this is what McDowell talks about. Uh, what's her first name? Uh, Alison McDowell. Alison McDowell. She, I, I just saw a recent talk by her and she's saying like, uh, yeah, everybody says, yeah, DeSantis is a hero. Um, and He's obviously he's against lockdowns for sure. On this one you know? issue, he he is. But, all but, it's very narrow. But yeah, yeah. But what he's doing, and this is what she points out, is like all this smart city technology yeah, yeah, and yeah. all this like fourth industrial revolution um, infrastructure. Um, Florida is like a, a test case for all of this stuff. And Texas and she says too. that's similar in Texas, is similar yeah. in Arizona, all of these like red states, you know. So it's like yeah. it it. Uh, that's how they get us, you know. It's like they they they, they, uh, they paint themselves as anti-mandates and anti anti-vaccine passports on one side, and then and then push through this other bullshit on the other side. You know, it's it's almost like, um, yeah, the the vaccine passport is almost a distraction for for letting this other stuff happen. You know. Yeah, um, and I'll just say this is like I'm not I I don't have a for one second believe that DeSantis, as soon as he gets into power, isn't going to be a complete global cap agent for, you know, so I, I maybe, let me be clear. But as soon as he gets into power, would he, like he is in power. What do you mean? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I, he, I mean, like, I mean, like in, in the federal level, I'm, I'm oh, assuming DeSantis okay. is going to run. I think he's been selected because if you look at his history, he's part of, I think he went to Skull and Bones or something. I mean, there's something, it's not Skull and Bones, but it's something like that. But his, right. he's clearly came out of these elite He's an elite product, DeSantis sure, is. Sure. So, but what I'm saying is, is that as the worker, and this was the same in 2015, 2016, when I was at the Sync Book Boise Sync Summit, and I loved that. I met Doug. I met uh, everybody, you know, no, I, or I, a lot I, of Sync folks. Yeah, and, you know, I'm and, envious of that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was, it was great. And I met Jim Zar. That's how I'm in my current careers because I sure, met this yeah. astrologer that was there. I mean, it changed my whole life. Um, but but Alan, I met and we talked about it because it, it was the spring before the election. And I was like, listen, man, uh, it's all, you know, we basically the point I was making was that. Hillary is and Bernie um, and that's a whole separate thing. But then David Plate and I talked about this the last time I was on a call with him. I was like, scammers is going to scam, man. David Plate was selling Bernie. I'm like, dude, 
Fuck, <laughs> this is insane, brother. You're, he's, he's, a, he's sheepdogging people into the party. <laughs> yes. He's playing a fucking yeah. role. Yeah. But, but um, I, told, I told them, it's like, listen, at least with Hillary, it was clear it was going to be Hillary and Trump. I mean, she's clearly just an agent for this whole evil system through mm-hmm. and through. Mm-hmm. And, it, and with Trump, there's this populist. And I'm not even look, I don't support him. I, nev- I never did. But I can see why. And this is what I would say about midterms, that if I'm a worker and I lost my job in, let's say, a state that is close and they said I can't work any like a nurse, let's say I'm a nurse and I've got a candidate saying you're going to get your job back, the career I've had for 20 years and I love. I would probably just be a one voter issue, one issue voter, you know, and that's that's what I don't think like. so I'm, I'm just going to defend this kind of unnuanced worker for a second, even though that choice may be part of a pendulum that swings back into a pre-planned kind of right wing fascism. I think I just think we can't like attack that voter like for them. Oh, no. Yeah, it's going to be I, the right. And I'm not saying you are, but you see that this becomes part of this. Nuance. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I totally it's, agree. I, you you got to we got to support these people in the same way that you support uh like the gilets jaunes in france or whatever like these these guys um yeah they don't have to go in that direction you know it's like uh and and the reason this is what i'm saying the reason they are going in that direction is because there's there's no alternative on the other side you know we're not we're not giving them any any choice of course yeah if i was a worker i'd vote for anybody who would be getting rid of these mandates you know um well, I am a worker. Like, like I, I, if I voted, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't even vote. You know, it's a, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to judge anybody for, for, for doing that. Yeah, and the same, and, and, and like with Bernie, this is, I don't think people realize that how fake. I mean, were you following that shit? It was totally fake, the whole thing. Yeah, Bernie would have won. He should have won. Everybody wanted oh, him. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, the idea that the vote even mattered, I think, is preposterous given what happened. But he would have won. And, he would have won in, in in two two cycles, you know. So yeah. he would have won in the 2016 yeah. and 2020, you know. Like, and he would have won the presidents because yeah, most yeah. that that middle group, of course, they're going to pick this guy over yeah. Trump, who's like saying that you know a majority. Most people are good people. They're like, okay, yeah, let's mm-hmm. just go Bernie, you know. So yeah, I don't think the system. I really do think it's a selection, not an election. And and this is. At least some of the most important races are there's a whole selection process and then a presentation and you know it's it's not quite as this is part of the control structure i guess is where i, I bring this up it's like we're up against snore a a huge problem with how like the polit- politics as an egress here I don't think it is. I think it's going to be social movements. I think a government will fall. I've been predicting this. Some European government, Bulgaria is kind of high on my list. Mm-hmm. If they keep trying to put these things in place, Romania, maybe they're just going to flood the streets and it's over. One of these governments is going to fall. Mm-hmm. The new normal governments, global cap governments. And that's when it's going to get interesting. Well, I hope so. Because, like, uh, uh... I, yeah, like um, I love what you said before about uh, this this being a sort of a parallel to the '60s, right? Um, at this point, it doesn't look so much like it because we're right in the thick of it, and it seems very, very dark, you know. Yeah. But imagine if something like that did happen, like this, some sort of uh, 
some sort of moment where it was like we finally the the people finally came together and and uh and overthrew some government or 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 something like it, it we're on the rise again you know then then imagine the optimism that would be created from that you know just be uh, um, people be dancing on the streets you know it's like oh. a, um like it, it would be spun in all kinds of different ways and you'd still have the the whiners the woke left people like yeah. opposed to it or whatever but but there'd be enough of it that it would start to crack, you know, and I think it's starting oh, to crack now, you know, I think it is oh. too. And that's why I think it's in the most dangerous part of the cycle. I think 2022 is actually the most dangerous part because I feel like what we're in now is more like 1961, 1960, 60, 1959, where it's like the red scare, the, the, I'm, re, I'm just still, I, I pulled your article up, but it's on this one image of the fallout shelter radiation like that kind of peaked in the early 60s and out of the 1950s and then yeah. i think what and then it's similar technologically because you have tv coming online that's was going to empower already greatly and and free people because they'll see images and learn things for the first time and and i think what happens is is that they they had to go for it and they kill kennedy there's a clear coup there in terms of these inch global cap interests. I love that CJ Hopkins phrase. It's just like the mm-hmm, global cap kind of coup, you know, early 60s. But it unleashed when they really went for it. It kind of unleashed some like all hell broke loose, basically, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, like five mm-hmm. years or however, you know, and I think and that, gen- that and I, genuine hell. It, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, this is the other thing that bugs me about uh, the so-called alternative community now. Like the the one the one stupid myth which I talked about um, the the equivalence of fascism and communism, right? But the other one is that uh, the 1960s were completely co-opted from the get-go. And it's it's obviously not. They were. You know, there's for sure there's co-option there. You know, right from the start. But but there's something beyond that. Like you're talking Absolutely. about a, a genuine explosion of in every direction. You know, every on every direction. level. And they were oh, trying to manage it, is the best I can tell. And they and they succeeded they ultimately. I think they they, but, they, they got it under the <laughs> under the carpet at least. You know, for a while. Um, but it's clearly an explosion that is like all hell breaks loose. I'm with you. I think there was all kinds of games going on, but I don't think it's purely that they were, you know, I mean, the civil rights alone belies that because, I mean, you had a, a huge breakthrough of people that were under the fucking boot, man. And they were like, we're not going to do this anymore. And that was all in to me. Um, you, I don't think I, I don't think. We would want to uh, entertain. I mean, we could certainly entertain it, but the idea that, but for some kind of C- CIA cultural manipulation program, people wouldn't want to fight their oppressors, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. So yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen, man. We're on and the cusp it, of it. And then and the other uh, the other sort of Saturn cycle parallel, the 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 last the, the one before the 60s is the 30s, right? And so. Yes. Yeah. which is the, the rise of fascism, the economic depression, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> the build the up to World pass. War II. You know, it's like, a, yeah, huge the, the stuff. That I, yeah. Go ahead. I'm just saying the health pass that comes out of Hamburg is Saturn and Aquarius. It's like 1932. It's the, the it's literally health passport. And it's a, it, it rises around the Hamburg city in Germany hmm. right after the Nazis come to power. 
We were just talking about the Beatles in Hamburg. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, the so Beatles in Hamburg. <laughs> in, in, in the same time, 1963, 62? 62, 62, 61, right. 62. It's the Saturn cycle. It's the same Saturn cycle, Beatles in Hamburg. And then you have in 1990, 91, it's a whole nother, it's the fall of communism. Right. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. that's the Saturn yeah. cycle. It's a little bit more optimistic because, you know, for a lot, for a lot of the world, Jupiter was in strong in cancer that whole time. It wasn't with Saturn, whereas we have now and then, in the 19, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, and then the influence of Neptune and in the 90s as well, right? Like, so they have this sort of a dreamlike quality to it. Uh, yeah. You know, my expertise is I kind of focus mainly on the seven traditional as a sort of hermetic mm -hmm. symbol set that goes all the way back. That's kind of deeply embedded. There are people that talk about the 60s. There was a um, so there's a Uranus, Neptune Saturn Uranus, Uranus conjunction in yeah. um, in 1990. Neptune Uranus and Saturn all conjoined in Aquarius and Capricorn in 1990. Pluto is in is in Scorpio and Jupiter is in is in uh, cancer for at least that period when the wall falls in 89. So, you know, those longer term outer planet cycles, it's just the problem is, is that history, we lose it. You go back even 100 years, it's already it's just like official histories and it can be harder to trace, you know, and um, even with just Saturn, Jupiter, the nodes and Mars, you can get cycles that are repeating like once every 2000 years, even with mm -hmm. just Saturn, Jupiter, and the nodes, the lunar nodes, you can get cycles that are repeating uh, five, like, again, 1500 years, like we're just entering in one now that harkens back to like 500. We're mm -hmm. finishing that and we're kick just with the nodes and Saturn and Jupiter. So that's cool. I'm, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, um, I, I'm interested in these bigger cycles with Uranus and Pluto, um, etc., Neptune, but, uh, I I think it should be it should focus on the on the seven as well the seven originals because um, yeah. again if we go down if we go back to Plato like read the Timaeus and he's talking the way to happiness is to align yourself with the cycle of the stars he, he means the the wandering stars the seven yeah. the seven wanderers you know it's like a, not only the sun and the moon but all of them you know like a, yeah. um, align be be aware of the months of uh, of Jupiter, you know, <laughs> like the the yearly cycles of Venus and, and all of that, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, that's that's huge. Yeah. Um, uh, and 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 they're right there in the 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 seven, unlike the other the other stars. It's like uh, or the other planets, the other planets. It's like uh, they're right there in the sky. You can see them every yeah. night. I see I see Venus and Jupiter and the Moon and <laughs> obviously the Sun and. Um, sometimes yeah. Mars, sometimes Saturn, you know, you can see them. Um, yep. They're all activated right now at nightfall. You'll see Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, Mars. So it's, um, not, uh, I think Mars is now a morning star, but you, you'll definitely see Jupiter, Venus. Yeah. Jupiter and, and Venus have been so bright these days. Like big, very close. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's direct downloads. I mean, I think these are energy vortexes. I mean, I'm open to like, I'm not a flat earther, but I'm open to like more simulation theory and that like, there's actually that these are not things, places you can go. They're just lights of energy that are part of like the wallpaper that we're encased in. And this goes into some of the NASA criticism that I have. Cause I don't, I don't trust NASA and I don't really trust the images. Like I think they clearly lied 
with those images. I mean, they were claiming, without going into it all, but that, that there was a direct call from Nixon to the moon, you know, with 1969 <laughs> technology, instant. I know, it's I mean, like, why why haven't they been back? You know, any other place that's been colonized in, in, in history, they've, I mean, when a place has been explored, it, it has been colonized, you know, it's like, yep. They explore the moon and they haven't been back since, you know, it's a, it just doesn't make any sense. Makes um, sense. Yeah. But it, um, have you ever have you ever read Timaeus by Plato? Yeah, I quote Timaeus a lot, actually, in the, cool, in the yeah, writing that I give my clients. So every client that I have, I make a little PDF for them, but I have like a one page write up for my philosophy just because people need to hear the astrological philosophy of the astrologer. And I quote Timaeus in that because just the part where he says um, the God made the seven wandering stars simultaneous with, I think, time or with the earth. Like it's part of the, it's the clock in the sky that was constructed simultaneous with the build out of the whole thing. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and a lot of, a lot of subsequent Platonists, um, they didn't even think that Plato was talking about a creation story. He's just talking about what has always been there, you know, um, and so that that makes sense to me as well. You know, it's like a um, so Plato structures it mythically as a as a creation story, but it's actually he's describing something that that's always been there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Let me I'll get the exact quote that I include in the read. Let me just read it. I can access it here in just half a second. So I it's it's he says here. And this is my paragraph, but I'll tell you what I'm quoting and not. In his Timaeus, Plato says the world is a, quote, living creature truly endowed with soul and intelligence by the providence of God, unquote, and, quote, the sun and moon and five other stars, which are called the planets, were created by him in order to distinguish and preserve the numbers of time, unquote. And I have here my sentence, the seven traditional planets can be considered a kind of cosmic clock, one that's been used for millennia, keeping the cycles, keeping of cycles, days and hours. But, you know, I guess with Plato, it's you know it's, he says that at least the, those the clock was created, even if there was this living creature that existed before the clock, that certainly was at some point created by God, according to at least this translation. Well, the, yeah, that's how he writes it. Like it's 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 pretty clear that he's he's writing it as a creation story. But, yeah, um, yeah. Just that's even 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 the like uh, the next generation of platonists they the uh, i was just reading about the history of that and they they a lot of them disagreed that it was uh like it it wouldn't fit into Plato, the rest of plato's philosophy to think that it uh there was a there was a creation from nothing um that uh everything always exists the one was always here you know uh, um yeah it doesn't it doesn't it. really change much i don't think you know it's like a uh whether you see it emerging in time or not, because as he says in the Timaeus, it's like uh, time is just the moving image of eternity anyways, right? Um, um, yeah, it's, it, I mean, even with this cosmology, there's the sphere of the fixed stars that's outside. There's the right. Empyrean, I think is what yeah. they call it. It's like these other realms. The Gnostics have the, the, the ninth sphere, which is the sphere of Sophia. Right. But there's these other realms that are out, kind of outside where you have like the pleroma and other, and, and I think there's something even implied in Platonism of this kind of outside of the maybe like oneness or something like this. Maybe that's, I, I'm not an expert on any of, uh, uh, 
of this philosophy, yeah. but I wouldn't the, surprise me if the Gnostics are pulling one, from something. That well, they are. They are. When they like talk a, about the pleroma. Yeah. yeah. It seems like the Gnostics are like, uh, like uh, what we were talking about before. It's the the question of uh, how do you unite matter and spirit, right? And so uh, one way is to say there's Christ and he, he's the perfect in one point uniting these two things but the other way is to is to create all these kind of uh um spheres in between right and so you gradually change from one to another there's this gradual change and in between spheres there's even more spheres or even more emanations and so it's it's like the by the time the gnostics got into it it's just those layers and gods and whatever um, are just multiplied. You know, they just went. They they let their imaginations go go wild. And so, uh, and and Blake does the same thing. He directly follows from the Gnostics, and then you, you read his poems, and it's just like uh, so many different characters that he's talking about, and uh, uh, their families and their and their uh, their emanations and their <laughs> counterparts, their consorts, um, and and. It's the same in, in, in Gnosticism and in, in a bunch of different Gnostic sects. Um, but with Platonism, generally it, it can be, there's three, you know, it's like the, the intelligible realm and then there's the sensible realm, the realm of matter, and then there's the world soul in between somewhere. And the world soul would include these these seven spheres, you know. Um, and then everything under the moon, the sublunar stuff, yeah. is is the sensible realm, the, the sort of changeable, impermanent um, side of things. But, but there's constructed of like the substrate of the other spheres. So like each physical form can kind of have a measurement of this is some of this sphere, some of the influence of this sphere, of this mm. sphere. And this is where you start talking about they call it catarchic astrology, which is a Greek term for the inception of something like your birth chart. You know that that chart actually can can is like a, 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 a ingredients list for the moment that you are emerge out of those ingredients being the influence of these sphere of the spheres yeah, and exactly. the nature. Yeah, you know, so that's where it gets. That's why Look, I think it's, on this. It's, Oh, sorry, it, 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 it like charts the uh, it charts your descent of your descent from spirit into spirit matter. Like into that's matter. It, Plato Plato talks about that in the Timaeus again. It's like you, you go through all these different spheres, and each god of the sphere, yeah. like uh, Jupiter, it, like gives you certain attributes. And so yes. yeah, you're talking about your birth chart. It it shows yeah. like everybody has a different portion of each. Yes. And everything, like every yeah, phone yeah. or like wood, like that's why we have correspondence lists. Like wood is, I don't know what wood is, but like lead is Saturn, gold is, is the sun. There's these correspondence lists as well that people describe. And But yeah, that's exactly the theory of astrology that you just described, the descent of the soul through the spheres. Yep. And um, and then we go back. Some people talk about the process of uh, of coming back up through the spheres, yep. um, and and you know I guess that's like a post death thing where you're kind of don't go towards the light or something like that. But um, you know, yeah, this is this is exactly the world that I inhabit, uh, and the ancient astrology that I practice comes from this as a, as a groundwork philosophy. And you know, um, I, that's why I say these astrologers are like 
when that person posted that on Twitter, there was like oh, prominent like astrologers, like main, you know, big astrologers were like, oh, I totally agree. We need to get the ant purge of the anti-science from the astrology community <laughs> because these anti-vaxxers, you know, it's like, bro, is this a, what the fuck are you, I mean, you know. It's like saying so, uh, we got to purge astrology from astrology. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> like what, it, what it's going to be left if you do that. It's not I a science. Of, you know? <laughs> I want to quote tweet right now and say we got to purge astrology from astrology, <laughs> but I'm not. Gonna, it's too controversial. I stay away from this stuff. Um, do you know what Rockfin is? Uh, yeah, I heard of this. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's just flashing in my mind, but. Uh, I think I, I, I heard of this just recently, but you didn't have to tell me. It's just a platform where like people okay, like yeah, Jay yeah. Dyer, Max Blumenthal, Jimmy Oh, my, Dore. Max Blumenthal. That's where, I, that's where yeah. I've, I've heard of this, yeah. Have you, are all, you subscribed to this? Or? Well, I'm not subscribed, but I'm going to be – I was on a show, and then they reached out to me, and, and so I'm going to be starting a Rockfin channel. Mm. Um, and it's, a, it's like Netflix, so it's a paywall. People pay, and then they get access, and I'm going to be doing a weekly show – and with that show, I'm going to be the whole purpose of it. The whole premise is um, looking at the astrology of the moment for sure. So it's definitely infused with all of the astrological stuff that I do on YouTube, which is like more anodyne stripped away and more. So it's not, I'm not talking about like heavy hitting topics or if I do, it's more in code. But on this Rockfin show behind the paywall, I'm going to like bring up my Twitter. This is my current vision of it where I on this Twitter, my uh, alt Twitter and I follow all kinds of crazy shit, like just everything. Hardcore communists. There's people that like defend the Democratic People's Republic of Korea as like mm -hmm. good. And but I follow just all kinds of alt voices. And my goal is to just start talking about some of this controversy or alt stuff with astrology just because I want to. Um, whereas I'm kind of handcuffed in my current form because like the astrology community is so um mainstream and like that's that's yeah that's unbelievable i guess it's not an unbelievable but that's so uh, unfortunate yeah. yeah you would have thought it's that like would it. be that at the uh, one of the pockets of uh of resistance but uh, yeah there's some out there but no it's basically like um the rise of this kind of identity politics that we talked about earlier like post-occupy mm -hmm. part of that rise and i think uh, Alan talked about this maybe some in his his video project. It's like the rise of, or I tried to get him to talk about it. I think I was like, look, you got to talk about the rise of spirit of astrology that's become extremely popular, and um, these kind of pop astrologies and witches, like witches of witch talk, and these witches that were like cursing Donald Trump. And there's something about this body of this field that also became like mainstream popular. On both the left and right, actually, because you had Keckism. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what—that's what I was trying to say. Like he, I said, you got to include this other side of it, man. Where it's like, it's not just the right that was using this. This, it's—it's well, it's the left that's been using it too. Keck, this kind Keckism, of spiritual. Keckism, I think, came directly from synchromysticism. Yeah. I think it, it can be traced back to, yeah. uh, um, like they, they even basically yeah. admit that on, on Red Ice. They they have a uh, an early interview on on Keck, and they say, oh, this is like the synchromysticism that these yeah. guys were doing, but they they were doing it on the left. Yeah. <laughs> like so it's. Um, or they were just doing it. I think the the sync community is like even the earliest ones are. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't there's say there's clearly split. It's just like they're apolitical, like a, yeah, like yeah. Wilner. But there were, it was like a unity of people from different politics. That then, when this split happened, it destroyed. That's when I, I was like, I just can't be a part of like seeing this community, you know, ban people or not ban people or just it destroyed a lot of communities. Is actually what it did by design. Mm-hmm. Trumpism did. It came in like a tornado and just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. destroyed communities but yeah it was claimed it came right out of synchromysticism and those i remember reading those early posts it, it was like a sync blog it was like reading like a jake katza blog or something it was and i think probably people in the sync community developed the kekism they might have even been interviewed like on some of these sync podcasts potentially i, I don't know the, the details fully of that history but yeah i don't know if there's any personal connection of uh, like I, I don't remember anybody that would have been a big deal if, the, if there had been somebody exactly mentioning Keck, you know. There was adjacent people. At, I mean, even like after SyncBook emerges, I think there was adjacent people that really weren't part of that SyncBook community, but that were Sync literate and maybe had some crossover, but not like officially. Um, I, I, but but just to go back here, this is the thing. It's like it's this emergent, like the spiritual stuff that arises on both sides. And then you have like more feminine so-called versions like sync is very masculine, like logic, connection, boom, boom, boom. It's like a math nerd or something. But the feminine version of that is like, yeah, witchcraft and like neo-paganism and even astrology, mostly women. And this is arising at the same time with a political mm-hmm. actual um, uh, angle, a similar political angle. You have astrologers like Chani Nicholas. I don't know if you know who she is, Shani Nicholas, mm-hmm. big time astrologer that arises around the same time, but her, it's like all like, she's a lesbian. It's like anti-cis straight man. Like they don't even, <laughs> you know, and not, it's not, she's cool. It's not like it's militant, but it's certainly a part of this like left wing Hillary Clintonism and, mm. You know, and it's a, but it's good astrology. She's a good astrologer, you know, so you've get this. It's not, this is why I wish Alan could have like traced it a little bit more instead of just being like, all this led to this evil right wing thing. I feel like he went too far and it runs the risk of like having the impact that it, this similar discourse had on my cousin where he's like, oh my God, shit, I just got to support uh, vaccine passports now. Damn, give me my shots. Oh, gotta stop Trump, you know? I mean, that's kind of what I hear from people. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, mm. but it's like I asked my these other friends who came to Albania, American, and he's an expat, lives in Czech Republic, they were visiting, and I was like, so you're going along, you got your, I mean, I didn't, like, I don't ask people, but it came up, and they were like, listen, man, that anti-vaxxer thing is just Trumpism. And I had to, we had, they're good friends of mine, we had long conversations, and they left, we're like, damn, they had a whole new understanding of, of what <laughs> to say. Yeah, but that's their initial response. It was like, take your shot, basically, to be against Trump. I know that's my kind of turning it around a little bit. That's scary, you know, that like, people I mean, are rushing I, into this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that it wasn't really Alan's responsibility to show that other side. Like he was, he was, he that was the side that he wanted to show. You know, it's like, a, a, like, um, to critique him because he didn't show the whole thing is like none of us will be able to do that you know um so he was he was just showing i think what he, what he thought was uh most needed to be um pointed out from from his perspective and i think it was good because it it, it hadn't been pointed out in that way before 
Yeah. And, and my critique is kind of softer. I just I just think for me to do it justice, it needed and not the whole thing, but just that one other component. Of, of, mm. But but I'm not, you know, no, he it goes to a split in the sync community before, you know, Jim Fetzer came on that professor. Remember oh, this yeah. and Andres yeah, yeah, and Jim yeah. Fetzer. It's a kind of a classic moment was the early. And there was Guy Freighter, Freighter X, I think. Freighter X, name. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this was these like early kind of this is a little bit pre-Trump, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's debates about this stuff that are, you know, real issues, real differences. And I think Andres was like, you know, Holocaust comes up and then that, of course, is charged and triggered. And, you know, and I mean, just to set aside uh, the individuals, I think that there is like these are the dangers, let's say, of when you start going to the fringe you know, you're going to you're going to trigger taboos. You're going to trigger kind of no go zones. Right, um, right. And it's, you know, how do you handle that? Because you almost have to go to those places to really do a thorough. It's inevitable you go to some of those places. And I don't know if it's best to just pull back immediately and try to find common ground. And well, circumvent. I, I, me, I did a huge dive like that in the, um, like, when, like, 2004, 5, 6, or something like that. Like, because like, um, all of this stuff is is waiting for you out there, you know. It's like uh, the where the conspiracy stuff has been dominated, um, well, from the time of Pound and, and even before that by uh, um, anti-Semitism. It, it leads to that sort of analysis. Um and so I was I was looking right into that. Like I was going as far like I I, I didn't I didn't become an anti Semite, but I wanted to know uh, where these guys were coming from, if there was anything behind it. Yeah. To the yeah. point I even went to Auschwitz. I I wanted to see oh. with my own eyes what happened. You know, it's like, uh, um, but it's like uh, I I think it's like a. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's. The, I don't think it's necessary to go that deep with it, you know. But it's. It's. It is necessary to, to realize that, um, those, those people are out there and they've been out there for a long time, you know. Um, and if you go deeper into it, you. That's who you will inevitably come across, <laughs> and pretty quickly these days, you know. It's like. <laughs> You know, I would phrase it more as like a pitfall as opposed to it. it it's something that it's led to as kind of it's more like a sidetrack that is is easily there to fall into. But well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You it's, know, it, like it's not the obviously it's not the ultimate. Um, uh, it's not the ultimate end to this for sure. It yeah. can't be, you know, it, it's, a it, it, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's a diversion. It's a yeah. um, but it's a. Uh, it's a powerful one. It's a, it's yeah. it's one that uh, so many people fall into, you know. Um, yeah, and, and the topics that overlap are like real topics that are important to talk about. So like I would, rather than going into like international historical research, I think is the name of that website. This is like where they're smart, smart intellects that they're examining the evidence, let's say, and trying to write their counter theories. I mean. You don't even sure people can do that if they want, but like Norman Finkelstein has a great book, you know, and, mm -hmm. and he talks about a critique of World War Two and those events from like a different model. But that I think has a little bit more meat and juice because it's kind of politically more like you don't have to debate these facts 
rather the effects of the kind of political effects of some of the discourse around it. It's not just World War II, but any historical event where it becomes Mm -hmm. part of the politics. I think those critiques are fair, Um, you know, and and but I would. Yeah. These and then the other things like USERA, we've talked about this at length. That's a huge, valid critique. I don't think it has to be attached to the Jewish religion at all. It's it's something that predates that. You know. Yeah, it, it pounds. Um, it doesn't come from any. Uh, it, it doesn't come from fascism. The the uh, the critique of of user and it's not uh, it's not um, anti-Semitic in itself. You know. Um, and it's important. Like that's a critique we need to, I think, be thinking about because Usera. Like Hannah Arendt talks about that, right? Like a who's Jewish herself and in her book origins of totalitarianism, she talks about the, how basically how the Jews were sort of like, um, um, historically prevented from, um, occupying other positions in society. And so they, they, they got involved in money lending, you know? Um, well, yeah, the church, I, I see it as like the Catholic church. You, I forgot uh, the exact moment in time, but my understanding of that history is that they wanted to start profiting from it. And so they kind of used, basically used this ethnic group and this as a front to kind of be the fall group. Mm-hmm. And, but they were still then able to start integrating interests, the interest system into like the product, the, the non-Jewish world. And any, my my main point here is just that like talking about usury independent of Jews or 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 an ethnic group like as just an action that is problematic often right like we don't have to attach it to it's the idea of hate the action you don't hate the person or hate their their identity right yeah in 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 any case it's a mafia right like it's a it's an ethnic mafia so even if you even if you were to say um it's associated with jews or even with anglo-saxons or whatever it's not all anglo-saxons or all jews or all italians it's a mafia group within it you know it's a yakuza group yeah Um, yeah exactly exactly so there's this level of nuance that's that's like conspiracy is leading us sometimes to these pitfall places, but that if we can do it carefully, it's like we're actually getting to important areas, I think, that help us understand our world and truth and all of the wisdom and all of this stuff. And yeah, so it's, I forgot how we were, anyhow, but this sync book, just to come back to that, like you could see how that pitfall is sort of was already breaking down within the sync book and it's hard to navigate. It actually takes a lot of skill to do it you know and so i don't blame anybody for falling into that, those traps it's just it's almost inevitable you know so um and and just to come back with that i'm not trying to be hard on alan at all i just mm, I, sure, I, I, sure, I, sure. I guess i just feel like it's it's there's some danger without that a little additional context just like you were saying or we, we've already kind of talked about this but the dangers of just showing one side can kind of obfuscate you know, and, and risks, you know, and so anyhow, I'm sure if he was here, he would agree. We've talked, I've actually talked to him about this. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, the left identitarianism was a problem with Occupy and, you know, the racialism that comes out of that, that I think is like the searches. Have you seen these, these, these things online? It's like the search for Black Lives Matter. I know that was a big part of Ferguson was a part of a bunch of synchronicities that happened with the sync book, that Ferguson event 
kind of began the triggers of this. I think he probably talked about that in, in his video, but mm. it was around the, the Sync Summit that happened before the Boise Sync Summit uh, in the years before that. And yeah, it was just it. before that. I I, uh, I I remember putting something on Facebook about like inquiring about how if if Red Ice had gone uh, full white power, like that, and that was right before that. So it was around the same time that the, that sort of uh, <laughs> flashing like al- alarm was going off. Yeah, and, and to be clear, I mean I'm for basically a lot of that movement. I'm kind of don't like the name. I think they could have had a different name, but you can see the Google searches and it is undeniable. It's like right before the election, Black Lives Matter spikes and then it lies dormant right before the election, it spikes. So it's clear that it's a kind of a politicized weapon, the racialism. And that that's just my point. I just think it's important to include that. It's not like that it's just, there's certainly organic feeling there too, but it's it's also part of a social engineering operation, I think at some level, you know, and just like the right wing stuff is a social engineering operation. And, you know, I just I just anyhow, it's without mentioning it, it's just it's easy to kind of say I'm going to support the corporations because they have a BLM flag. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It, well, yeah. Anybody who's who, who's at that level is like yeah, pretty lost. Um, but it, I know I know what you're saying. Like I supported the whole BLM movement because I saw it as a. Uh, as a necessary movement against um, the militarization of, of police and the expansion of police power, you know, um, I think everybody should have joined it for that. And and uh, uh, if there was any co-option of BLM, we should have co-opted the co-option, you know, like a, um, I, I always think that these these movements, um, they they don't come too often, you know. Like uh, uh, like before that, the biggest movement was was Occupy, which you talked about, which was 2011. You know, there was almost like 10 years or something. Um, yeah. So it, when these movements come, we've got to jump on them, even if they're tarnished. You know, um, so I got I got criticized for that for for supporting it from from all these like uh, kind of alt people on Facebook or whatever. I was like, yeah. no, we got to. <laughs> it is a noble cause. Demilitarizing the cops, you know, like uh, preventing police abuse. Um, of See, I supported that. Yeah, I supported that movement. I don't know. I would have gone as far as to say I support the actual movement that comes under that label because I always thought it destroyed itself by picking that name out of the gates, and that name guaranteed division. And I thought they should have just spent all lives matter out of the gate, and it's about police brutality. You would have had a massive amount of support. Well, for sure, and, yeah, that's right. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I just think we can't pick and choose these things. The same as Gilets Jaunes, you know. It's like a, so many people on the on the left criticize those people. Like so, it was the opposite sort of criticism. And it's like, uh, yeah. no, I support them. I um, basically support it. I support a Me Too is one. I'm like, I don't even really have a nuanced. Um, I mean, it's just like I support it categorically. Um, even trans, I don't think they have a, a movement by name, but just in general, like trans rights. I mean, I, you know, I support that completely. Um, I think there's a critique of the medical industrial complex that trans people are grappling with. Yeah, I have, you know? a, I have a big ongoing, ongoing dispute with a friend about uh, the trans movement, and he he just associates it with transhumanism. He thinks it's it's basically the public face of of transhumanism it's kind of the uh the trojan horse 
Um, and, uh, yeah. I, I know where he's coming from, but on the other hand, I, I, uh, I, I, I know people who are trans and I know, I know the, the problems that they go through as well. And so I support, I support them, you know? Uh, yeah. so it, it, I think it is, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think he's basically got a good, an interesting critique that I kind of agree with, but I, I knew, I've known trans people before any of this, like back in the early aughts I had, Sure. I knew I had, I mean, and so like their struggles are real. It's that's mm-hmm. all they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be suicide. She died. She was homeless. A friend of mine lived in my neighborhood. And once we became friends, you know, and I saw her struggles to integrate and fit in, I mean, it was like instantly it's just, I'll, you know, yeah, I'm just stand with you. What do you need? You know, and this is wrong. You know, you're a beautiful person and she had traumas and problems, but I mean, she needed and deserved like healthcare, housing, <laughs> all of that stuff. And she was, she had ran for office. Uh, that be kind of, she became a local celebrity running for office, but this was before any of the so-called trans movement, you know, and I, and I, but I still support it because of that. Cause of my personal experiences, like I'm talking about basic rights here, like inclusion. Yeah, 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 me too, and, me too. But the, the pharmaceutical stuff is a valid critique. It's like these billionaires are invested in the, uh, the, uh, and I do think there's some kind of transhuman thing that I don't think it's only the trans community. This is like gamers and now yeah, that, um, vaccine passports. It's, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I used to think that, um, oh, it's great because um, it's really about breaking down identity and, and breaking down identity is a great thing because that's how they codify us all is through identity, right? But uh, But they've already thought through that and it's no longer, it doesn't matter what your name is or what your sex is or what your gender is. All these other, all these old things that we associate with identity no longer matter. It's, it's, it's your biometric identity um, captured on the blockchain, you know? And and, and, and so, so then it doesn't matter. You could flip from one gender to a thousand different genders, you know, you don't have, you don't need a, you don't need one name. You you could have thousand names. So it looks as if um, identity is broken down, but really there's a, this is sort of this meta identity that captures everybody, you know? Excuse me. And for sure. Yeah. It's not the trans to focus just on the trans issue. It just seems to be, kind of picking on them a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah I, I agree. Uh, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I, I think about uh, like Bitcoin too. Like uh, it's um, Alex, I, I see, has commented on a thread that I, I'm involved in about uh, Bitcoin, right? Like he's an advocate of Bitcoin. Yeah. And I sort of see that it is like, I know where he's coming from. You know, I totally support this idea of a decentralized currency that's that's free of free of governments and free of the central banks and, 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 and all the big banks as well, you know? Um, so I, I fully agree with that, but it's like, I always feel that it's like, um, Bitcoin is the, is the public advertisement for the, uh, the, the blockchain, you know, it's like, <laughs> how do we, how do we split these, these things, you know, it's like, um, Hopefully there's something within that I don't understand about it structurally that makes it impossible to control, which is, I, I think this is the point that he's making. Um, but I, I don't see it at this point. 
I think he's wrong, frankly. I, I would go back to James Corbett. I know he's kind of a hard lip Canadian libertarian, so you, I'm sure you have some disagreements with him, but he's got a great documentary about the, I think it's the Bitcoin PSYOP or something, mm-hmm. the Bitcoin, and he breaks it all down. I mean, I just see it as the system. It's the money system. And, you know, why am I going to hate on Bitcoin if I'm not, I'm, I'm not hating on the lek that I spend every day to go get the food, you know, like I might have an abstract critique of it, but I use it and I put it in the bank and I put, you know, so to me, it's just the new system. And, you know, yeah, there's opportunities even in the old system to invest and make money if that's what someone wants to do, you know, and that can be smart to do if you have a family or want to, you know, have needs for like savings and things. I mean, these are all questions that are, you know, one ever gets out of them because even if you, even if someone's like, well, I don't want to think about that. Well, that's a decision to then make a choice within that system. Like I'll sit, put my money in the savings account and get zero interest forever. That's, that's a choice. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm doing. It's a, uh, it, I don't know if that's a, that's a, doesn't, doesn't pay off, you know, like a, I mean, I think it's all, yeah, it's like, I mean, I just don't see it as, I see Bitcoin as um, definitely, it's to me, it's not about Bitcoin. It's about the new system that's being brought in where the programmable money that the Bank of International Settlements have talked about, and McDowell talks about this, but they're going to, the new money will be programmed where you can spend it and where you can't spend it. And yeah, it's, 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 it's bringing everything onto the blockchain, right? And then, and then that will be... Yeah. Uh, that technology will be completely integrated with uh, the passports and everything else. Like yeah, your, absolutely. <laughs> all your medical records and any of bit it. of information about you. Um, all of it. And you can be turned off. Systems. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the, the, yeah, exactly. So in that sense, I think they were front running. I think even within that world, Bitcoin has a use case because it's, it's a special blockchain. When you study it, it's actually, um, the only one that's like decentralized yeah, and yeah, yeah but at the same time the monopoly of violence of the state is kind of unbeatable and mm-hmm. you know i mean they can just like in china you nope, you turn it off if you're caught with bitcoin you're going to go to prison or we'll kill you you know that's all they have to do and now bitcoin will still exist because it's this decentralized ledger but will it really have it be integrated in a way that's useful if the state decides it doesn't want that and i don't can't see bitcoin beating the state yeah, I know. Um, I the, think the only the only system that's going to beat the state is we've been talking about Christ before, and it, it's uh, the economic system that Christ uh, advocates is is give what you can without expecting return. You know, it's a it's a gift economy. You know, and and yeah. that's that's the most radical form of of economy. You know, it's like a um, and Christ's message is consistent like that on all these different levels, like social level, economic level, psychological level. Um, forgive. Uh, don't expect return, you know, never res- expect return, but return will happen because you give and God also gives, you know, but uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Remember the lilies, you know, like he just <laughs> they're, they're clothed better than Solomon in his glory, you know. Um, so so don't worry about anything you know um yep yep i i'm with you i think that there is some like with anything we talked about there's going to be one side and then the other side it can be used for both good and bad and like in the current blockchain world there is a lot of wealth being made for people that didn't have it 
you know, as sure, real wealth, sure. tangible yeah. wealth that lives are being transformed and changed and in significant ways. And that's ultimately positive, I think, to get poor people money and resources. And um, the only big critique of it is they, the people claim, well, carbon emissions. And I just to me, that feels so amorphous and future projected that I don't see that as a, like if you're talking about feeding a family or like die because of this future model showed us that you're going to be underwater. Like I just, that's a whole nother topic, but I really don't, I feel like that it's kind of anti-life at a certain point, this, this mm. global, this, and it's, it relates to blockchain. That's why I'm bringing it in here. Cause that's what leftists like pro lockdown leftists live. Well, even, even Elon Musk was talking about that, right? Like a, he's talking yeah. about it, I think more to appease than anything, but yeah, I mean, probably, like, yeah. Like on Twitter, when like it's the same people that were like, we need to purge astrology of anti-science. All of that crowd are like, stop with blockchain because, <laughs> and it's the same. It's like this idea of the science priest with their little computer models that they not, won't, won't ever release the code. And that's they interesting in. though, because that's a kind of like, uh, if they're using a sort of pro-science argument against blockchain, which usually is also promoted as as science you know that's so a sort of schism in the uh, in the model yeah it's a split between what i would what i refer to as technology versus science because technology is like how can we if we're out on a farm how can we make a fire with wood that's what blockchain is you know it's like you're actually building things that actually work science actually is more like religion because it's this it's this idea of this ideal process, right? The mythical scientific method. And um, that that has to be kind of worshipped or prioritized as a methodology or a, a, a way of getting knowledge. So I really, I really think that the technology can be distinct from science and it should be made distinct from science. And yeah, it's they haven't shown that the technology of their models are even accurate. That's why I'm Look, I'm for clean air and clean water. I mean, don't, I'm basically an environmentalist for sure, but I'm against models that have all that failed every year. There's websites. It's like the failed predictions about global warming. It's just every year. It's a massive mortgage. The models were wrong every year. They're just well, fucking you, wrong. Yeah. Even and even beyond that, even if you trust the models, it's like all their technological um, fixes for it, you know, um, end up being more carbon heavy than than what they replace you know it's like a exactly this is the um this is kind of the uh the thesis of the what is it planet of the humans the the uh the uh documentary that michael moore produced uh-huh, uh-huh. and he got huge criticism from it you know he, him yeah. and the filmmakers uh-huh. and and since that time, he's he. I haven't heard from him. You know, like when when have you last heard of like a public appearance, a uh, mainstream media appearance of uh, Michael Moore? You know, he's he's sort of dropped off the radar. Yeah, he did. He did drop off the radar after that. Actually, that kind of makes me um, think that he kind of stepped out a little bit from what he's allowed to say, and basically he's backing know. up the the vaccines and all that now. Like you, you can. Oh, he is. Um, but. Uh, as far as I know, like, uh, um, but uh, yeah, maybe he's still he's trying to get back into the media spotlight or something. Yeah. But uh, he definitely fell out of favor for that. 
Well, and that's, this is a, I mean, we ended this with Doug, but I mean, this is where you see this kind of merger of the science priest and that the justifications for the techno control grid, let's just call it that, the biosecurity techno control grid, the environmental, this, I wouldn't even call it environmental movement because it's not, I don't consider it that, but the kind of climate um, narrative, let's just say that, or the climate vision of reality, there's a merger there and they had a climate lockdown in India I don't know if you saw that the first mm, one where they, yeah, yeah. they mm. and their talks there's talks of climate lockdowns and you know I'm um it I mean look the air did get clean you see these places it's like there was no traffic and now there's no smog so I mean you know I'm not trying I I just think it's part of this complex milieu and I I basically don't trust I'm against the pollution not carbon necessarily but any kind of toxic waste that kills life or industrial waste and I want to have hard, like a hard EPA that keeps the water and air clean. But I mean, carbon, you've seen this meme. It's one of my favorite ones. It's Daisy Ridley and she's holding up a, 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 a white document and she's pointing at the camera and looking right at the camera, kind of smiling. And you can put anything on that meme you want, but it went around for a while. It says, you are the carbon they want to reduce. <laughs> and to me, it's part of the attack on poor people. That's what I got the work like this ancient attack on the the the, the poor working person, uh, where basically they can be they're not considered they're considered useless or valueless, right? Well, that that and, was the start of the the yellow vest movement, right? Like uh, they're trying to uh, because of um, environmental regulations stemming from. Uh, stemming from uh global warming uh-huh. um they wanted to uh they couldn't work right they limit couldn't. limit on uh, limit use of cars or something right like i, I forget yeah. what it was exactly it, it was fuel i think like a certain fuel, yeah, fuel, fuel per day yeah. yeah fuel fuel uh hikes or something like that yeah yeah but in the name of global warming yeah in the name yeah. of this kind of future intangible is maybe the best way to think about it it's like and then you have to trust like just trust us like these elites just trust us and do something that's going to hurt your hurt your bottom line and just that's what that's my problem with not only the global warming but then now with the covid that's the core of it you have to trust us Mm -hmm. and and what that means is that you have to hurt yourself and your family economically like there's something fundamentally wrong with that and this is where the capitalist side can come in and maybe where you just say, all right, let the market go. And then you actually, the market is wise in this way. And I'm talking about like local, like trading markets or something like a Christmas market. You know, there is some wisdom there where you sort of flow with what people are, they're making decisions that would be self-interested and logical and they would stop making a decision. This is the theory. I'm not saying there isn't mm-hmm. problems here, but I can see where this theory can maybe be useful is like, and this is in the blockchain world, it's like a total free market and you'll have booms and busts and like people put their money on this coin or that coin or this chain or that chain. And you can kind of see how um, trust has to be earned and like rewarded. And there's a whole flow that's different than um, it's like a show me the money kind of model versus just trust us. We are the elites. We've harmed you your whole life. You know, it's like yeah, the medical yeah. system. I tell my friends, <clears throat> like, 
they say only only so-called black people can be against the, the shots because they had Tuskegee. I'm like, fuck you. You don't know my family has been killed by overprescription, have, didn't have health care, unnecessary medical procedures, medical malpractice. It's not it, this is this is, you know, so any I don't want to rant here too much, but there's there's part of this. That's my problem. That core thing. Trust us. And we've harmed you. We have a horrible track record, but you have to trust us and do something that's going to hurt you. Like, that's the red flag for me. That's the tell for me. You know, mm. um, I guess I should clarify to you and anyone who ends up listening to this about um, what I mean by capitalism. Um, yes. I thanks. I would. I don't, I, I don't uh, identify it with the free market, you know. I, I think free market and capitalism uh, are two different things. Maybe uh, capitalism develops out of the free market, perhaps, you know, but, but capitalism is always, a, is always a rigged market, you know. It's always a fixed market, and it is always, uh, it's, it's always the state supporting whoever is the ruling class you know yeah. um so that that's my that's my idea of capitalism that's so so in a libertarian analysis again that would be called crony capitalism or yeah corporate capitalism or something but uh i i think i think we can just call it capitalism <laughs> yeah and and i, and I appreciate i mean i'm not i'm even open to the ideas that you alluded to that this kind of free market flows somehow naturally into something else like i'm sort of open to that i don't i'm not a believer in the pure free market it seems just kind of like a, a, a an ideal um, well, the, it's not i you know, it's, i think really the the pure free market or or pure free exchange um if you want to call it that that's probably a better word for it is a. Uh, yeah. Is again the gift economy that that uh, mm -hmm. the crisis yeah. advocating? You know, it's like a, um, um, I I don't know if we can call that communism. You know, so uh, communism in the state that it 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 resists the formation of classes in the state, maybe. But uh, um, yeah, the everlasting gospel, the teachings of Christ, you can call it that. <laughs> I'm going to read this. I, I, you've, I guess you're calling it something in your article, uh, the everlasting gospel. Yeah. So I, I'll be curious to see how you frame and how you write about this idea of a kind of alternate system that, um, you know, and, and it's, yeah. And I appreciate that clarification. I think people out there would probably want to hear that too. I mean, I, I don't, I just know that like when you have power is how I, I've always framed it in terms of power and like like control so going back that's probably authoritarianism is the best label i've kind of like those memes people are like this is about authoritarianism versus freedom rather than about left and right it's kind of more and on all sides there's there's leftist more freedom models there's right freedom models and mm -hmm. and, and they have a lot in common you know there's actually a lot of common ground to find there um so I've kind of appreciated sometimes. I'm not saying like the whole left and right aren't real stuff that we were critiquing earlier. Like I, I think those are valid critiques too. I just, I do think that kind of just turning it to authoritarianism versus not is a way to think about it that might open something. It's, you know? it's yeah, it is. I, I agree with it too up until a point. I just think it's a, uh, it's too general. Um, 
it's too general because there are different yeah. types of authoritarianism yes. and uh, and like CJ Hopkins is talking about it's like uh, this is a particular type that we're entering into at the moment global cap yeah. um, I agree and and to understand the current moment you have to get uber specific I mean you really need to understand who Klaus Schwab is what the World Economic Forum is what that emerges from, what corporations are impact, you know, attached to that, what does stakeholder capitalism, like without learning that, you don't really, you know, yeah, we're all against authoritarianism, but then let's go get our boosters, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. it, you know, so that does, <laughs> I agree with you, the specificity is almost always better than not. And I, I advocate for more specificity for sure. Let me just share this one quick thing. I, I just Googled on Michael Moore's, Twitter and search the term vaccine and it looks like the last like um, some of the most recent thing so he had in April shut down the state send more vaccine my emergency podcast on the surge in Michigan so he's kind of lockstep with the mainstream narrative mm -hmm. and then in July he had a tweet I spoke with Dr. Peter Hotez about how we fight the avalanche of deadly misinformation about COVID how it became the number one target of anti-vaxxers and how the people's vaccine he and his colleagues are developing. So yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought that's what he was, that's his take on this, but he's still, I, I don't think that's enough to sort of ingratiate him back into the, into the fold, <laughs> you know, after, after making those uh, critiques of the, of the other big scam. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see here. Well, listen, how are you, Snor? I'm thinking about transitioning here. I mean, I don't want to cut us off prematurely, but but no, um, no, uh, I don't think it's premature. It's been a long time. I mean, if there's yeah, a couple of things, if there's anything else you want to raise or any topics, no, no, that I get you it. Say yeah, or yeah. final thoughts or something, please come in. I, I I'm, uh, you know, I'm certainly will entertain it, but and talk about it. But I just, you know, it might be good to start transitioning a little bit into into my day here. It's a, it's about 10:38 here, and I'm gonna. Maybe grab some food or something and get out yeah, today. I just, just scarfed down some nuts, but that's about all. I, yeah, I've got to go for dinner. Um, yeah, that no, it's been it's been amazing to to talk with you. Yeah, likewise, always it's really really amazing, and I I always learn from you, and and it's yeah, likewise. I think I think we open up something here because I think we're basically on the same page, but we have some different philosophies and you are, you've really thought things out. And I, and I think I've definitely put some thought into this. And so it's always nice to exchange some deeper level thinking because that's, you know, that's where um, change can happen, you know, for sure. Mm, so. For sure. And then the, uh, the, the, the very, the, hugest high point of the uh, the whole talk was um mary shelley's bloomsday moment that's i know a, that's a mind blower it's a mind blower man and that, for me the astrology of it too because it's the know, astrology yeah. we're in right now yeah yeah like that's that part of it too like it's like yeah. huge sinks were like just hovering over this this like boom boom like green light green light green light you know like you're on it. You're over the target. Go, go, go. So that's why I was like, shit, I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to read. Tell me what to read. You know, I, I'm going to read this Ulysses chapter so I could at least have something to add or offer. And I already no, found it online. So It's so amazing, though, also, because we, we had already planned to do the uh, Ulysses again because of the 100th year anniversary. And 
of course, Ulysses is all about uh, June 16th. You know, Gosh. It, it's just uh, it's it's amazing that that <laughs> like it like it it is a mind blower, really, if you think of it. Uh, yeah, it's the power of synchronicity as a as mm. a kind of uh, guide. You know, mm. it's it really can be a living. You're talking about the living life force earlier. I mean, this is what synchronicity can do. It's like it shows you where that life is, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's beautiful. And I'm I'm just like, I have a whole new appreciation for Lord Byron. And even though I have a critique of maybe the left hand path at times, like they were really opening some shit that was powerful and continuing in a chain of important ideas and and um, the cultural impact is I don't think can be understated with what they not only came before, but that they were carrying and continuing and then what they seeded. And um, just that poem you read, I mean, wow. Darkness, yeah, I'm just looking that up again. Um, and that's, yeah, I think that's amazing that that comes from the exact same period as well. Yeah, it's like uh, that night, that moment. And, and, and I think the whole year of no summer, that July, to me feels... Yeah. So that's published July 1816, you know, so right afterwards, you know, it's like, uh, so that's, that's June 16th, um, 1816. And this is, this comes out July 1816. So he must have, he, he must have written it right at, right at the same time, you know. Do we know if it was, um, the, cause it, I'm just trying to bring it up here. It was the year. Um, was the poem written in July 18? I was just going to be clear. Yeah, it's yeah, written no, it, in it, it, yeah. it was. Yeah, he, he yeah. wrote it in July, August 1816, and then it. Um, 1816, the book came out called *The Prisoner of Chillon*, and that yeah. was. Uh, um, I guess they were. I, mean, I was just curious about the delay. It sounds like they were kind of just publishing pretty quickly. So, um, that was um, December. 1816 was when the book was published by John Murray. They had British publishers they were connected with. Oh, listen to this. Okay, Byron Byron wrote Darkness in July, August 1816. The poem, at least partly influenced by the mass hysteria of the time, brought about by an Italian astronomer's prediction that the sun would burn itself out on July 18th, thus destroying the world. Wow. The prophecy gained adherence due to the increase of in sunspot activity at the time in the so-called year without a summer, 1816, an ongoing overcast sky, which was the result unknown at the time of the eruption of Mount Tambora, an Indonesian volcano in wow. 1815. During this gloomy time, the sun was pale and the sky clouded and hazy. Temperatures dropped and thunderstorms dominated the weather. During the solar eclipse of June 9th to 10th, the sun actually seemed to vanish from the sky. <laughs> all, wow. all these natural phenomena combined to put more the more sensitive observers into a state of panic. Byron composed his poem after the sun's alleged death date, emphasizing that the end of days had not arrived, but the specter of complete destruction may still lie ahead one day. Whatever Byron's view, he certainly managed to capitalize on the previous hysteria invoking that dark summer in darkness. Wow. Okay. I just, I just Googled, um, apocalyptic imagery in Byron's darkness and they have a whole thing here about this eclipse. I'm trying to find the eclipse path. Um, because I want to see, here we go. Category of lunar eclipses. I think they say here it's, um, uh, 
it's visible was seen in America and Britain at darkest and recorded the darkest and recorded history. So that there's something about this eclipse. Yeah, eclipses are extremely powerful in astrology, and we just came out of one. There was a solar eclipse right on the same degree as the American chart, the 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 um, the uh, one of the famous charts that that people use for America. So that was interesting with the Maxwell trial and and um, but let me open this up. This PDF. So that's a, that's amazing. Then if if it's like the solar eclipse of June 9th, tenth, and they were at, at were they at Byron's place? Were they doing yeah. the 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 stuff at that? Like I I I wonder if their ritual was was uh, had to do with that. You know. Yeah, I think I think um, I'm just bringing but, it up here. Like uh, in Lake Geneva, when did they arrive? Um, Definitely before the 16th, right. but um, it like was. I think they were there for a, for at least like a week or something. Uh, here's book. look at this. It says that it was an extraordinary cold and wet that summer in Switzerland. Out of 183 days, there were 130 days of rain. As of June 10th, 1816, the weather started changing. So it looks looks like it was right after that eclipse. Then the weather starts changing, like to the next day. And um, be, streams and be, rivers to be more sunny, you mean, or or, or no, to, be, to be more or it says here, I'll just read it. Sorry, it says streams and rivers flooded. This is on June 6th, 1816. Diseased animals lay dead on river surfaces. Huh. Snow capped mountains were witnessed an exceptionally strange sight in summer. The severe weather continued in winter. People considered that the end of the world was looming. Byron was no exception. Wow. So that is nuts, man. And that came if they give a date of June 10th is when the weather started changing. The eclipse happens June 9th, 9th, 9th and 10th. Yeah. God, this is a power. Yeah, thanks for mentioning this because this is important <laughs> astrologically. This is a powerful thing. I might have to do some writing about this or I will tweet about it just because it's important. I'm, I'll send you this PDF. Cool. Um, it's a it's a paper that was published on this exact thing, apocalyptic imagery and Byron's darkness by a Lebanese university doctor. Looks like it was the International Journal of Humanities and Social Studies. Let me go back here um, and just get the link here. Copy link. Do you prefer mm -hmm. a um, uh, in, in Skype or an email? I could just send it to uh, you. Now. Email if yeah, email yeah, if you can I'll do, do it. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks. Yeah. Second. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I really start to wonder now if, if like how much of a structured ritual they were planning and if they, if they planned it around the eclipse, you know? Yeah. That's what, because especially if they're reading Agrippa. Right. Well, they, 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 they were heavily into Neoplatonism and, and the whole occult tradition. Yeah, so it's very possible as they were doing some kind of astrological magic. Absolutely. It would not surprise me at all. I mean, that's what Grippa is known for in the astrology community. It's astrological magic. He kept alive a whole tradition from earlier because his book, as you know, as you were saying, it's like it's a compendium of all of different texts that he's trying to like bring all the knowledge together. Right. And a lot of the work, the ideas come straight out of older texts that we have now that he was clearly reading. One called yep. the Picatrix yep. is the is the is the main one. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, they had the Picatrix, and um, so I just replied to you and Doug with the link. But that is fascinating. Um, that is fascinating, man. I mean, that is a big find. 
it's pretty insane actually yeah that's wow these unusual disturbances i mean think about it if you, we were living at that time and all of a sudden like no light and and it was dark and raining and dead animals and rivers flooding i mm-hmm. mean yeah. can you can you also send uh, can you do the chart like i don't know how how easy it is to do this but send a chart of of the uh of that time and the parallels that you're saying with this time as well yeah i'll send that for sure um i will definitely do it let me see i just do you have twitter oh no i was going to explain like i had twitter and then um i just got into it uh last year and then I, I, I retweeted this post from uh, Corey Morningstar uh-huh. about um, like basically against vaccinating kids, right? Uh-huh. And then uh, and then Twitter wanted to know my uh, my phone number, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I don't have a I don't have a smartphone, so it was like I, I can't give this number. And then and then I basically got shut out of my account. I lost all. I can get into it through Google. It turns out, but uh, I lost all my followers and following. You know that they they I, I don't know how to retrieve that. There there must be a way or something. I don't, I don't know. Like, a, but it was a, so I haven't used it since then. You know. All right. Well, you can still access the public. I think tweets are available. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, you, I can, even I can. if you're not logged in. And I'm just going to send you because I was tweeting during earlier I, well, as I was discovering this and listening to you guys. I tweeted two things out and those have the charts. I have the oh, uh, right pictures okay, of the charts, both for the there's two tweet threads and all the charts are there. So I'm just going to cl- include it in another email. Oh, and uh, let me just let me just make sure I got it here where it shows a chart for Bloomsday this year, Bloomsday 16 in 1904 and then i have the chart for uh 16 june uh 18 16 16 and then i i quoted a little thing from wikipedia about the summer without that no um food or whatever and i was like i think the supply shortage narrative to me is like an astrological echo as well because um where that's a big theme right now mm-hmm. Have you, I mean, they're like food shortages and supply chain shortages. That's a huge part of the conversation. So definitely, I just sent you have all of those there. And that yeah, but this is great. Yeah, this is amazing, man. Thanks for uh, this is a yeah. What a productive call. Thank you guys. I'm glad <laughs> I joined. Thanks for letting <laughs> me be on, even though I didn't read. And uh, oh no no no, I'm glad you came on because it's uh, it's a harder book to talk about. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I get I really get a run to it. If, there's dinner perfect okay well Zor, take care of yourself man and we'll talk soon we'll be in touch a few All months right. i guess See you. okay take care of yourself okay. yeah bye-bye